Welcome to the Embracing Discomfort Podcast. In this episode, Buck and I explore the art of receiving feedback. We'll talk about the different types of feedback from constructive criticism to praise and how to approach each with an open mind and heart. I'm glad that you're here. Welcome. All right. Today's episode will be the art of receiving feedback. Mm. And I have Buck with me. Buck, how are you? I'm good. Good. Excited about this. I'm excited too. I'm give a little background to our listeners. I approached you in what I thought was a very out there kind of way. Um, You were having lunch with Catherine, Mm -hmm. whose episode is using failure as a tool. And I saw you both having lunch and I think I just immediately focused on you and was like, hey, I want you to be my mentor and I want you to be on my podcast. And then I thought thought about it later and I was like, ooh, I probably came (laughs) off way too strong. Uh, No, I love it. (laughs) There's nothing better than talking with other people that are hungry to learn and and share their ideas. That's fantastic. I loved it. Hey, I'm glad that you saw it in a positive light. Um, So today's episode, you and I got together later. We had coffee and I think just overall connected really well. And I know that something that I've observed from you is just overall your leadership style. And you, I have seen you kind of present and in person at different events. And we haven't formally, we've started to build our relationship, mm-hmm. but been, you know, as close as I have with some of the other people that I've interviewed. So this is kind of new venture for me. And so something that you told me on the way up here, which was awesome and relates to this episode so well, is you had feedback about the introductions for my speakers. And that hasn't happened on previous episodes. And it was great feedback. And so in the spirit of that, I wanted to find out a little bit about Buck. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, So I've uh, been in IT for about 25 years, Um, got into leadership uh, about 10 years ago. I've led multiple different teams. I've had the privilege of, of leading just some really, really great people, uh, reporting to some really great people, um, reporting to some not so great people, which, you know, we'll get into you know, talking about feedback. You can learn equally from both good and bad examples. I mean, I've had, you know, you know the privilege of getting some really good training and, and development around people leadership. So I, felt, I feel very fortunate. Um, I've, I've led... Uh, three organizations in a in a director level in a director position, um, and I would say very proud of of the way I left uh, the previous two organizations, and very proud of the way um, the organization that I'm leading today is headed, and and I believe very firmly that that is because of of the way um, that I interact with people, the way I show up, um, the way I treat people. I think um, two things people get to choose every day when they come to work, and that's what attitude they bring and what do they do with their discretionary energy. And I think as a, as a leader, it's our job is to try to find ways for them to freely give us the, the right attitude and to give us the right energy uh, when they show up to work. And so um, giving them the right, the ability to choose that um, and willingly give, give that to you, I think makes a big difference. Absolutely. Yep. And I think also just to point out, you know, part of why this podcast started to hit on what you talked about earlier 
there's been good and bad examples in my life. And I just thought I'm surrounded by such extraordinary individuals that I don't necessarily know is a normal experience. And being able to have access to such a diverse group of individuals through my experience and every role that I've, I've held up until this point is why I wanted to start this podcast because of people like you and being able to expose maybe others that haven't had the opportunity or are surrounded by that type of talent and have that same, I think sometimes accessibility also impacts whether individuals are willing to learn. And so the hope and goal was to bring that to people in a format um, that they could easily access and have the ability to learn from. Yeah, so I love it. I'm glad I'm here. Thank I, you for having me. I'm glad you're here too. So to our topic, the art of receiving feedback, I think kind of to start out, what has been the most impactful experience you've had around feedback? Good, bad, and different. Oh, wow, that's a, that's, that's a good question. Um, you know, uh, one of my favorite quotes is that feedback is the breakfast of champions. And I think that if you're going to be a leader who um, is learning and growing and uh, can exhibit enough humility to get um, people to want to follow them, then one of the things you have to do is you have to be able to um, take feedback, be able to process it well, uh, but also give people who are giving you that feedback the right experience. Because ultimately, the experience you give them whenever they give you feedback is going to determine whether they give it to you again. Um, and, and I think that that's one of the big, in my opinion, kind of one of the big shortcomings in, in a lot of leadership teaching. There's, there's not a lot of formal training books, podcasts, articles about the proper way to receive feedback. Lots of stuff out there on how to give it, um, how to give it well, but not a lot about how to receive it. Um, and, I, and I've had experiences where, you know, I've given feedback and it wasn't received well. Um, and, and I know personally, I, I'll, I won't try that again, right? Those, those, can, be, those can be tough. Um, so personally, I try to make sure that that experience is right, first of all. Um, and, you know, I've had, uh, experiences with, I'll give you an example of, of one of the early, early feedback that I got when I, when I was a young director. Um, I was in a, in a meeting and we were talking about how we were going to measure the effectiveness of our, of our agile scrum teams. And uh, I'm, everybody's looking at me and, and I'm running this meeting and, and I make this comment. I said, well, it may be a stupid idea, but what if we did it this way? And one of our business analysts, who was a great scrum master, um, said to me, no, that is a stupid idea. Um, and, you know, some leaders might not have reacted well to that. Some may have, may have had a very negative response to that. But, you know, I, I felt like I had an opportunity because it was in a public setting to teach everybody in this organization that I'm leading how I take feedback and how they can experience giving me that feedback. And so I just said, thank you. I, I don't want to make a stupid decision. Let's figure out how to make a good one. What, what's the right thing to do? Because you know, my idea had nothing to do with whether I was right. It was really just trying to get people talking. Um, so that was an example of where you know I got feedback publicly um, from somebody in the organization, and that could have gone you know 
very differently if I hadn't responded well. Absolutely, and it sets the tone for how other individuals in that room and that are going to hear about that particular experience are going to approach you in the future. Exactly, exactly. And, and I want people to feel like they have a voice. I want them to speak uh, because, you know, if, if, if you're a leader who doesn't listen, you're going to find yourself surrounded by followers that don't speak, and that's not a good place. Um, similar, similar organizations, uh, example, uh, we were doing a big public, it was a town hall, we had the entire group there. Uh, we didn't call them town halls, we called them rallies. Uh, but we were, at the end, you know, one of the things I want to do is I want to field questions. And any question you have, um, you know, I, I obviously can't always sh share all of the information I have, but I want people to feel comfortable asking the questions. And so I had a, a young developer stood up and asked me a hard question, and I answered it. And afterwards, he came by and he said, hey, I apologize for putting you on the spot with that hard question. And I said, don't apologize. What you did was, what we did is showed everybody in the room that they can ask the hard question and survive, right? That's not a painful experience. And that's a great lesson for an organization to learn. I mean, if you're that kind of a leader, you want them to know that even the hard questions are okay. You know, I may not have a good answer, but I'll take it. I'll take the question. Well, oftentimes that starts to build respect not just with your leadership team, but I, I also think that has an impact on the organization as a whole, peer-to-peer, -peer, what the respect level is of the organization for each other. True. And so, so you know, if you're going to make it safe, if you're going to make it safe for people to share that stuff, um, do, do two things. Do a couple things, right? Um, number one, appreciate them. Say thank you. Right. And number two, don't defend. Don't immediately go into defense mode. I had a, an individual at one point in time, I was, I was, I put together kind of a top 10 um, priorities for, for our organization and I printed them out and pasted them all over the building uh, because my organization at that time really needed focus. They were getting pulled in a lot of different directions and we wanted to be crystal clear what are, what are the imperatives, what are the things that we have to nail. And so I printed them up, put them around and I had someone give me feedback, they said, you know, this would have been good to do for all of the department, not just your area. Um, have you, did you think about that? And I said, well, I, I did think about that. Thank you for your feedback. I appreciate you, you sharing that with me. I'll give you a couple more data points. And I shared with them, you know, the struggle that our teams had with staying focused. And a lot of times, you know, you'll get feedback not from somebody that doesn't have all the data points. And so, you know, Probably another key to, to receiving feedback well is to understand that not all feedback is actionable. You got to appreciate it. You got to tell people that you appreciate them sharing it. But what you have to do is you have to you know go through your own you know internal processing of that feedback and understand you know, what your intentions are, what your what your values are, what your mission is, and and not get distracted from that those things even if you get feedback that maybe um, suggests that you should. So not all feedback's actionable, but you should appreciate it, even if it's not actionable. Yes, because there's something you can always take from it. Sometimes it's recognizing that the feedback is bad or that True. the feedback is somebody, in certain cases that I've seen, somebody actually venting versus giving feedback. Right. <laughs> but they needed that space or opportunity to do so. And sometimes I think when you allow people the opportunity to to vent or get whatever off of, you know, their mind, sometimes that helps, just listening. That's right. Give them a voice. Give them a Let voice. Get it out. Absolutely. You know, and um, you, you, we talk about, you know, 
feedback and whether it's 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 relevant or actionable or not. You know, there's we do a lot of work with business partners. We 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 have a lot of engagements with with people outside of IT leaders, and a lot of the feedback that I've gotten um, from some folks is. Well, you need to go and make your business partner do this, or you need to go and force them to do it this way. Um, thank you for that feedback, right? Um, but that's really not how those those relationships work, right? We can have the conversation, we can we can talk about it, but but forcing or making somebody do something doesn't really go over well. So that's one of those things where you listen to the feedback, and maybe there's something in there that you can go and take. Hey, maybe this is something that I should talk with my business partner about. But you take the force or, or make them do it, and you take that part, and you kind of put it in the in the dumpster. Absolutely. It goes against the whole word partner. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> but you know, it's, a, it's another interesting um, topic, I think, around feedback is, is that I think it's a, a mature person that can take feedback, even when it's not delivered well, and get something out of it. You know, so, sometimes I've seen people... In a, in a feedback exchange, get offended or or get closed off to the feedback because it wasn't delivered in a very you know, polite, nice, respectful way. And sometimes you're going to get that. Sometimes it's going to be raw and sharp. Um, and as a mature leader, what you want to be able to do is to be able to find where are those nuggets inside that feedback, even if it wasn't delivered. Well, even if it wasn't delivered with you know great, you know, um, grace and and you know what I mean. Agreed. I definitely know what you mean. Uh, former career as a probation officer, you definitely got some very raw, get it raw. <laughs> feedback at times. But you, what you can control, which you've made the point a few times now, is how you react to it. How you react. And you're absolutely right. Even though in that moment, you know, I've had people curse me out. I've had people attack me like physically and, you know, or saying all these things. And obviously you have to stop the the threat of harm, but there's something in there. And if you can look past that and everybody calms down because your adrenaline Mm -hmm. does rush. And even in a, you, you think about view conflict as negative at times and it does get your blood pressure up there, your blood boiling at times. But that's life, and you have to be able to work through that, and I think more people need to do that. And so, hence this episode today, talking about receiving feedback, because there is some value of absorbing the feedback, even when it's really bad, negative, or not presented in the best format possible. Exactly. Exactly. And and I don't want anybody to mishear me. I'm, I'm very clear, and I want to be clear, there's feedback you don't listen to. Yes. That you file it away in the, in the trash or, or, or put it away for, some, for another time. Um, that's exclusive or different than you know, getting something that feels very sharp and having the maturity to, to stand in the discomfort yes. and listen to it. Absolutely. And, and even, you know, the really bad, sometimes just the experience is what you gain from it. The experience of having exactly. some individual that totally let you have it that day. <laughs> but hey, you were able to work through it, you survived, and you moved on. Yeah. I like that. What has been the most successful experience you've had with feedback yourself or that you've seen somebody take that just stuck with you? Hmm. 
You know, uh, a couple of examples. When I was early in, in my career, and, and this was before I had gotten into people leadership, um, you know, I understand you know the value of influence, and I understood you know the the sort of the dynamics around people choosing to follow somebody who uh, who is in a leadership position. So even before the title, I was trying to kind of kind of figure out um, what's the optimal way for me to show up for for people to want to willingly follow and get involved with what I'm involved with. And I remember sitting down, um, I think it was over breakfast, with a mentor, and um, she she was a great leader. Um, I had tons and tons of respect for this woman. And uh, I was asking her, I said, you know, I want to make sure I'm not intimidating. I'm a, I'm a big person, right? I'm a, just physically large, right? I don't, I don't have too many people attacking me <laughs> physically. Um, and so I was just really wanting to be sure that I wasn't um, this sort of unapproachable individual. And I had this big bushy beard at the time, and I said, should I shave the beard? I mean, I mean I'm bald. I said, should I grow some hair, even though it might be hit and miss? And she said to me, she said, you know, Buck, you just need to smile. And I thought, okay, I uh, hadn't thought of that. Um, don't really consciously think about how much am I smiling or how much am I not. Um, and, and as we talked, she, you know, she, she made the point that, you know, the most disarming thing you can do, no matter how big you are, or how bushy your beard is, is just smile. You know, people are going to be less threatened by somebody that smiles. Um, and I took that feedback as, as simple as it was. It was probably one of the more profound, you know, you know, voices that somebody has given me um, in terms of how do I make myself approachable. So that was really good feedback and um, simple but effective. I think that does help when you can, because it's a universal, it's a universal sign yeah. no matter who you are. It is. It's an endearing quality, right? People notice it. They want to be closer to it. Um, same thing with humility, I think, is another one of those endearing qualities that we've, we've talked about a little bit. Absolutely. What are some experiences you've had yourself or observed where it's gone really bad and what did you take away from it? I had um, taken on a new team at one point in time um, and from a leader who I respected a great deal, had a great deal of respect for. Um, and as I was getting involved, I'd been there maybe three months leading this team and it was time to do annual performance reviews. <clears throat> and so I, I took his input on kind of the team and where they were, and then I combined that with sort of my own experiences over the last three months. And uh, for this one particular individual, um, I made the decision that I was going to rate him below expectations um, for very crisp, clean reasons that I could, I had examples I was prepared to show. I brought this individual in and, and, and we started talking about it, and, and I gave him this feedback, and um, it was like the floor just kind of fell out of the room. Um, he uh, got really emotional, uh, started to tear, thought he was going to get an exceeds expectations. So there was this huge disconnect between where he thought he was and where I thought he was. Um, and that moment was very, very uncomfortable. And, and I found myself wondering, what do I do with this, right? I'm, I can't back off of my feedback, but I have to be empathetic to how he's receiving it. And so I, I said, you know, hey, let's just take a breather, um, take a break, think about what I've said, we'll come back tomorrow, and we'll, we'll talk about it some more. So I kind of just kind of made a clean break, and, and we came back. And 
what I was really hoping for, looking for, was how did he show up in the next moment? You know, and one of the lessons for me was don't be overly judgmental about how they react when you first give it, because yes. feedback isn't always fun to hear. Um, be more in tune or observant of how they how they come maybe for the second interaction or, or how does it how do they behave once it's settled in. So that was a really good really good sort of uh, example or experience for me where I. I gave him the feedback, and, and it didn't really go well at first. Um, it was the right thing to do. It was the loving thing to do for this person. Um, and when they did come back, they came back in a, in a very different way. They were ready to you know, take on the challenge and, and you know, receive the feedback and, and look for ways that they could grow. Um, so that's, been, that's an example of one that maybe started off a little weird. Yes. Um, and the lesson there is don't, don't overly judge the, the first reaction. Look for the second. Um, Another example, um, I had a very heartfelt conversation with a with a with a peer. Um, we were really having a hard time working together, and and you know, um, there were some trust issues that were being you know being violated. And so I brought this individual in. We had coffee, and and I, and I sat down and I said, "Here, I just want to get this on the table." And we started talking about trust, and and I and I even went to the very specific thing that was causing me to have trust issues with them. And I gave them some ideas on, on, on how they could help that and some examples of, of, of why it's, it's, it's not going well. Uh, the individual listened. Um, it seemed like they received it. Uh, the, the experience was really well, but the behavior afterwards, didn't, nothing changed. And so, you know, maybe in contrast to my previous example, this was one that giving it went really well, but afterwards it didn't. It didn't get any better. And so um, those, are, those are probably two examples I can think of where, you know, I gave the feedback um, and, you know, it had very different outcomes. Yes, and I, I love the two different examples, and I highly relate to your second example because um, I've had that experience several times. Obviously, that's, I think a lot of people can see where you have that as a probation officer with most people yeah. um, that you're kind of dealing with in that particular area. And that is a hard thing, and I think that people expect sometimes that if they've had that interaction and maybe they've received feedback from that individual and it's gone well, that that should elicit an action, and it doesn't always. And you have to be okay with that moving forward. For me, something that I always try to remember is have I tried everything I can possibly do? Because at the end of the day, the only thing you control is yourself and how you react to things. Mm -hmm. And if I feel like if I have been able to accomplish that, I call it, I can sleep well at night. Yes. And I think that is very important in a lot of careers, you know, especially like leadership. Um, I know like law enforcement, first responders, I'm thinking of, you know, people that deal with life and death situations like medical professionals, your Hippocratic, you know, oath and all of those things that come into play is have you done everything that you can do to make it the best interaction possible? And then I think if you can say yes to that question, you can sleep at night or have a clear conscience. Absolutely. That's right. I, I enjoy that a lot. I had a situation, I'll tell you about my own, receiving feedback early on in my probation officer career, so I'm in my 20s, um, and obviously I feel like for me in my 20s, I'm not only 
learning my new role uh, in law enforcement and as a probation officer, I'm also learning hashtag adulting. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, you're balancing all these things that, you know, everybody balances everything at every stage of life, but especially that for me was one of the most impactful times. And I had an interaction with a female and I called her by the wrong name. And we were having a very difficult conversation. She was on for a drug charge and she was having to make a decision on whether or not she would give her child up for adoption. That is not an easy mm, situation. Heavy. Very heavy. And the family that wanted to adopt her child uh, was doing very, very well, had the ability to provide a lifestyle for that child that this individual just couldn't provide at the time. Mm. And I remember talking through that with her. And so we're having this very serious moment and I completely screwed up and called her by the wrong name. And she just broke down crying, started screaming and yelling that I didn't even know her name and having this just situation Oof. that completely went 180 and now I've got heightened emotions and I have severely screwed up here. Yeah. And I remember apologizing and there was nothing I could say in the moment that was going to make that situation better. Yeah. And so what I did is afterwards, keeping that front of mind, A, that has always stuck with me. And so I try to be very mindful about names because they're important. Sure, they are. <laughs> that, that moment lives with you. But to your point, the interaction after, I took it upon myself. It was my, I needed to reach out and call, see how she was doing be able to recall those details that she was divulging to me because that was a moment of trust and I broke it yeah. by not calling her the right name. Simple, yeah. Um, and it's, I had to take it and I deserved to take it. Um, and I want to make that clear. And I just had to sit in it and embrace it. That's right. You got to own it. Got to own it. And it was very uncomfortable, but I will say after that, because of the, Re the reaction that I had in reaching out, making sure she knew that I cared, we were able to overcome that. But that was something I had to make the decision to do. That's right. That's right. So, Buck, what are some key points or things that you would have our listeners keep in mind when receiving feedback? Well, I think... Uh from my experience, as I've developed in my career, as I've grown um, and, and been promoted a couple times, um, one of the things I've realized is the higher you grow in the org chart, the fewer people there are that will uh, feel comfortable or will naturally give you feedback. Um, you know, you heard the term, it's lonely at the top. I think that's part of it. I think there's fewer people that'll give you that feedback. Um, so. I think the main point that I would emphasize with, with listeners is um, solicit feedback. Ask for it. If, if people aren't giving it to you, then take that as a sign that, you know, you need to make it safe. You need to encourage it. Um, be more active. Be more intentional about, about reaching out and getting that feedback. And then when you, when you do that, when you reach out and, and ask for feedback, be really specific about what type of feedback you're looking for. Um, there's really sort of three types of feedback. There's there's coaching, 
Um, so there's the kind of in the moment, so maybe an adjustment that I need to make or that I can make uh, moving forward from, from a specific experience. There's developmental feedback, which is, you know, I want to, you know, get to the next level. I want to get the next promotion or I want to, you know, I'm, I'm working towards um, a specific job title or, or, or job. Um, there'll be a developmental feedback that people can give you on, on how you can, you know, advance your career in that direction. And then the third part, the third type is appreciation. You know, sometimes people think feedback is always kind of constructive or what you should be doing. But feedback also comes in the form of appreciation. And so I think it's important if you're going to solicit feedback or if you're in a situation where you feel like you're not getting enough feedback, then maybe you take it one step further and, and ask, you know, what type of feedback am I craving and what type of feedback am I looking for from this, from this person? So being specific about what I need um, or what feedback I want as part of that solicitation process I think is important. That is very important. And I think also it's something that slips our mind very easily. Yeah, <laughs> Because sure. there's a lot of internal conversations that you think they should know. They don't know. We're, we're human. Um, yeah. And we get a lot going on. Uh, somebody once showed me a giant circle with a tiny little dot in the middle, and they said, that's how much you know about somebody. <laughs> <Right. laughs> that, that, that's a good well, point. <laughs> that's right. You never know what people are dealing with. <laughs> what? What are strategies or tips that have worked for you when receiving kind of the not so pleasant feedback? Yeah, I think um, I think starts with um, understanding, you know, kind of how you're processing it. You know, I've I've gotten feedback that I would say maybe I didn't really understand. I didn't understand where it came from or what their what perspective or or did they have that led them to that um, to that feedback. Um, there's been feedback that people have given me that. Uh, maybe I didn't handle it very well emotionally. And um, you know, when you get into that situation, when you get emotionally hijacked, you don't think about things you know, in, in a cognitive way. And so um, you know, what I like to go to whenever I'm in any of those situations, whether it's I don't understand where it's coming from or uh, maybe I'm emotionally hijacked and I'm not processing the feedback cognitively, is to, is to have somebody that I trust or, you know, and I have multiple people that I trust, but I mean, it's a small circle, but there are people that I can trust. And so I'll phone a friend, I'll pick up the phone and I'll call, or I'll go into someone's office and I'll shut the door and I'll say, hey, I just got this feedback. Um, what do I do with that? Or, you know, what, what do you think about that? Is there anything in here that I need to be concerned about? Um, you know, and you'll get some really good, you know, feedback or you'll get some good advice and some help. Um, so, you know, maybe the moral of that, of that piece of it is, you know, don't feel like you have to do feedback alone. If there are people that you trust, the people that you know have your best interest at heart, and people that you know can think, help you think through something cognitively, uh, don't waste that resource. Absolutely. Um, because you can get some really good good insights from folks that that aren't having to to face the feedback that you just got if it's really hard and you're having a hard time processing it. That's a really good sound advice circle of trust people find circle your circle of trust, trust. <laughs> gotta have them gotta have them perfect well i really appreciate you coming on today this was a lot of fun yeah me too i enjoyed it um, i'm excited for our listeners to hear this and i look forward to hopefully doing more episodes with you in the future yeah absolutely perfect thank you sure thanks
Thanks for listening to the Embracing Discomfort podcast and for joining me on this journey of growth and exploration. Before we part ways, I have some exciting bonus content to share with you. I know how important it is to put learning into action. That's why I've prepared various recorded audio exercises that will help you stretch your boundaries and embrace discomfort like a pro. From exclusive curated music previews designed to inspire and energize you, to guided visualization exercises and confidence-boosting challenges, these resources are only available on Spotify, and they're here to support you on your personal growth journey. You can find me on Spotify by searching Embracing Discomfort, or check out my blog and pod site, embracingdiscomfort.blog. Remember... Embracing discomfort is a continuous process, and this podcast is just the beginning. Keep pushing your limits and exploring new possibilities. Thank you for being part of this journey. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share it with your friends who are ready to step outside their comfort zones. Stay curious, stay uncomfortable, and until next time, Keep embracing the discomfort.